Hello, you're listening to the Eric McKenna Project. I've read the book <laughs> and all I can say is wow because <laughs> texting's been a personal thing for me for so long, a personal pet peeve. Mm -hmm. I still don't understand what I'm doing half the time, but You're not alone. I, okay. <laughs> so I have to ask you, I'm, a, I'm very familiar with all your other work, mm -hmm. both written film, everything. What made you write this book? What was the spark that made you write this book? Well, you know, I um, so I actually got my mom a smartphone for Christmas <laughs> a couple years ago. That's a, that's a spark for a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, <laughs> she was that's calling me yeah, all the time with you know like how do I do this and how do I do that and so I started writing her emails and then of course she was like, well, how do I look at my email on the phone <laughs> so uh you, you know and just i um started coming up with just instructions for mm -hmm. her and started thinking like there's probably other people out there that can use this kind of information and then when i really started researching um how texting has affected our society it's it's really insane and i thought you know being hopefully a good communicator and in in different venues and through film and in you know the book and other ways like i just wanted to share communication tips and styles and help hopefully bring people together over texting mm -hmm. rather than um you know because there's such like a disconnect why do you think that is why do you think that as humans um i always loved email because i was i guess i'm an expressive and we'll talk about your little survey in there too i can tell you yeah I'm, I'm like in between the entertainer and the comforter oh, okay all right all right but my expressive personality I, I could do that in email yeah obviously probably a little too verbose at times but i found texting to be initially very difficult because i'd want to write a little you'd, i'd want to write a little book yeah and that does not not really the effective way to do it. Well, you know, and I think in the first chapter of the book, I talk about the purpose of texting. Like texting isn't meant to have long conversations. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, it's meant for, hey, I'm going to be 10 minutes late. Yeah. <laughs> as as I sent to you earlier today. You know, but... <laughs> and I reciprocate that I am yeah. too. <laughs> so it's, um, you know, it's just one of those things. There's so many different tools that we have for communication and Texting is definitely a tool in the toolbox, but it's not meant for every conversation that we have. And it's not meant for, you know, a lot of deep conversations like, you know, mm -hmm. and that line gets crossed, though. And I think so hopefully this book will help people, you know, recognize maybe when to pick up the phone or when mm -hmm. to see someone in person and, and have those conversations. But uh, essentially making people better texters in, in really any form of um, e-communication, whether it's, you know, Instagram messaging or mm -hmm. Facebook messaging or, or Skype or Slack or, you know, they all kind of fit into that realm. You mentioned in the book, too, that if, if, if you're roughly around three consecutive text messages together in one expression you mm -hmm. probably should be doing that by email is that correct yeah email or phone if um yeah so i call that the rule of three if there's if you have like three different topics or three questions or three you know either uh split that up into different conversations different texting conversations okay. like uh i don't know if you've gotten those text messages where it's like 
Hey, Eric, how are you? Uh, are you free for the game on Friday? I'm thinking maybe we could grab a bite to eat uh, before the game. And oh, by the way, how's your mom? And you're like, well, that's uh, there's at least five different topics. <laughs> like, you know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like, how am I? Well, let me really tell you how I am. And they're like, am I free Friday? Here's what I'm doing. Do I want to grab a bite to eat? You know, so and people tend to jam all that into one thing. And mm -hmm. so there's there's so much loss of um, expression. And, okay. you know, that's taken away from those conversations. Hmm. I'm and therefore, the bit. disconnection. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we are. You know, that's the thing. Like, um, you know, I wrote the book, but I still, <laughs> I try to follow my own rules. <laughs> I'm not perfect. Well, you also give the history of texting. And, and we talked about, you mentioned on there that uh, obviously it was cell phones. Um, mm -hmm. And there was, they called it T9 back then, I think, with the, mm -hmm. the, when the flip phones were there. Oh, yeah, the T9. Yeah, T9. Yeah. Um, then there was the difference between SMS and MMS. MMS is yeah, that correct? Yeah, MMS, yeah. And SMS <laughs> is just strictly the text, the actual text message. Is that correct? Right, yeah. Yeah, and MMS is for multimedia. Okay, so that was if you were to attach. A video clip you attach um, it, which you mm. can but also then in messaging text messaging um, depending on the platform I think iPhones you're okay but um, the the quality of pictures and videos when you text them it they get reduced compressed right? yeah yeah so it's not really the best form for mm -hmm. that kind of thing but like you know unless you're looking for that reduced quality kind of th which is, is is a look for some people sure sure <laughs> Um, I want to talk about texting uh, importance or non-importance in society. I guess today we have to say in 2019 that it is a significant mode of communication, right? It's the most popular form of communication today, wow. texting, believe it or not. Yeah. It's, it's so hard for me to believe. Yeah. And I, I, I prefer the phone. Like I much mm -hmm. would much rather pick up the phone and have a phone call or meet someone in person. But like, you know, here we are. <laughs> in the book in the book you talk also about well what's really cool you call it quips and scripts yes which i think is great because you, you give a lot of examples a lot of them are funny a lot of them i don't think i would ever use but a lot of them i would use and i'm like why didn't i think of that mm. um, which is great but one of the most interesting things that I saw that caught my eye was that. Tell me now, I'm curious. Like I want to know. <laughs> well, it was the pitfalls. Oh, the pitfalls. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Because I'm sure all of us probably make them continually. Yeah. <laughs> we don't give it any thought. It's true. And yeah. Every we're all susceptible. Because <laughs> oh my gosh, um, what would you say in your opinion? the worst pitfall that, that, that most of us make, the number one pitfall in, in texting? The number one pitfall in texting? Um, you know, I really think it's the overuse of acronyms, to okay. be honest. Um, because in uh, in the book, I there's like LOL, if mm -hmm. I use that as an example, because everyone, pretty much everyone knows LOL uh, in one way or another is the trick, because LOL, the way I tend to read that is laugh out loud but another very common um, meaning for that is lots of love so if you're sending you know a message and you sign off with an lol and that person you mean it 
laugh out loud, but they take it as lots of love. That can be, you know, an awkward moment there. It, <laughs> and yeah, then like, you know, misinterpretation. Misinterpre- as you said. Yeah, misinterpretation. <laughs> and um, even in business, like I've seen so many lawsuits uh, come up f- during the research of the books um, over using acronyms in the business world, and people, uh, people, you know, misinterpret what the acronym means and then rather than saying hey what did you mean by that lol because in in accounting or or legal it can mean loss of liability or medical loss of life so there's depending on your industry and Mm -hmm. uh, where you're located Mm -hmm. can have a huge uh impact on on the meaning of such a common acronym right you know so that that could actually be that could end in litigation that can end up in huge financial yeah. loss that can end up in um yeah probably, loss of customers loss of yeah, friends business loss everything of, yeah so the so would you agree the medium of texting is still not really clearly defined it's evolving is that yeah, a fair it's statement definitely evolving yeah and hopefully hopefully this book will have that impact and help it evolve in a positive way um hmm. you know that's because that's really the mission of the book. I wrote it to help people connect with other people via texting and e-communication because, like, you know, there is just so much disconnect. And, um, you know, gosh, if I can help <laughs> in some way. Agreed. And this is where it gets interesting for me. So I am a realtor and um, I work with realtors of all ages and, and generations and so forth. The generations that are younger than I, uh, wonderful people, wonderful realtors, <laughs> in most instances, they're all great. It's sometimes a little hard for me to adjust to the texting environment as the main mode of communication. Yeah. It's a hard reach for me, a person that did email so intensely for so long. I love emails. I do too. But that's not... Um, and I'm finding that even... Liz, I'm finding that even more specific things are being done by text now, quasi-legal things, arrangements mm-hmm. and being made and so forth by texting, and that shocks me. That's it's it's kind of a somewhat on par now with validity. Does that make any sense? Yeah, yeah. There's uh, records of of uh, texting admitted into you know court documents and everything like that now, and uh, it's definitely something to be mindful of. Like it's it's. It all it makes me cringe to hear that because you know in my mind like text maybe like hey I'm gonna shoot shoot that you know sales stock over to you mm-hmm. but you mm-hmm. know people are attaching like PDFs and all kind of in, in right in the text mm-hmm. so um, yeah it's just unorthodox to me yeah. I find it to be and I will I, usually as a real estate professional I will always yield to email that's my that is my default i just feel more comfortable there's a a clear record there but and this is not judgmental this is just factual as far as i see things when i'm working with a younger agent Mm -hmm. um they their first mode of communication or sometimes their only mode of communication is texting is texting yeah and it's they don't see the first older people (laughs) (laughs) i was waiting for you to say it not me because i'm older i'm older than you liz so (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm aware. Um, And again, but see, I guess what what I'm getting at is there seems to be, there's kind of a dilemma out there, Mm -hmm. at least in business, as far as I can can see, because you have 
a, a group of, um, I won't say millennials, I don't like labeling, but younger folks pushing, texting, texting, texting for legitimacy. Mm-hmm. And you have my generation kind of pushing back on that. And we're going to lose. We're, we're, we're probably <laughs> yeah. going to lose. But I guess the difference is when you think about writing an email traditionally, you do think about proper structure, proper format. For the most part, would you not agree? Yeah, yeah, with like sentence and punctuation and that kind of thing. Paragraphs, salutations, sometimes, you know. A little sign off. (laughs) Right, right, right. Yeah, and that's not uh, commonly used in texting. Uh, so in the professional world, yeah. <laughs> I know, shocker, you don't say. shocking news. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but um, too, with like legal issues, like um, or in the professional and business world, um, texting is not encrypted. So there's also, you know, this sense of you know, especially with uh, personal identity mm-hmm. theft mm-hmm. Um, in the whole information security world. Texting is not encrypted, so anything you send can be snatched by hackers okay. over a network. Okay. And uh, so that's one thing to be mindful of, for sure, in the business world. Don't send any confiden- confidential information, um, you know, nothing that's sensitive, because uh, it's not encrypted. Hmm. And then... Um, I can't tell you how many times I get text messages with, um, I guess it has to be a link to a PDF. Yeah. An open link that didn't require me to sign or anything. I just, it was just there, which is just anyone can get that. Anyone can get that. And that's not, I guess maybe emails can be hacked too, I suppose, but. They can be, but they're easier to encrypt. Okay. So with, uh, yeah, for documents and things like that. And um, even with texting, if you send a date of birth or any kind of, you know, mm-hmm. personal information that can, even if, uh you know, may, maybe you don't know who you're texting, and they can screenshot that, and they're going to have that forever. Or hackers can always uh, mm-hmm. get in there too. So it's it's definitely something to be aware of. Now I see the benefit. Don't get me wrong. I, I sound like an old stodgy over here, but I <laughs> but I really get the benefit. Case in point, I'm going to a listing uh, appointment, and there has to be a certain code to get in a property, or I'm running late. I want I want to notify two parties that maybe maybe the listing agent. Uh, and maybe a broker, maybe another agent meeting me there, my client. There's, there, I, I love the group aspect of it. That mm-hmm. There's ways to make texting work for a stodgy person like myself. <laughs> but as the formal mode of communication, written communication, where I want to have a record, I still go back to email. But again, to repeat myself, that's being pushed back. I see, and I know it's being pushed back because... I'm starting to see the the structure breakdown in emails. Hmm. I'm seeing emojis in, oh, in the emails. emails. Yeah. I'm seeing slang in emails, no punctuation in emails. I'm seeing text-like or more text-like verbiage mm-hmm. in, emails, in emails. And it just wants me to pull yeah, whatever hair common. I have left out of my head. Yeah, some, uh, <laughs> I'm friends with some college professors and they're, they're like in term papers. They're seeing some texting lingo, and they're like, uh, "No." <laughs> so for me, as a uh, as an English nerd, mm-hmm. <laughs> and grammar mm-hmm. grammar person, like that does uh, you know make my skin crawl just a little bit. <laughs> like, but she wrote I, the I like book on texting, friends. Yes. <laughs> Talk about slang emojis, and again, there's a generational thing again. Mm-hmm. If I so I'm 53 and I'm texting a younger agent, or back and forth, we're texting each other, and that agent might be 26. 
there is a good possibility throughout the course of, especially if we're doing a transaction together, mm-hmm. through the course of that transaction, there's going to be times that things are going to be lost in translation. Yes. There's no question. It's comical, but also can be very costly in business as well, too. Yeah. Yeah. With the uh, the back and forth and not only lost in translation, uh, I think it's up to 5% of text messages actually just get lost not even lost in translation. So uh, you might be sending a message and not hearing back and wondering why. It's very possible it could is just lost in the ether. So when you say <laughs> lost, it never reaches its recipient. Yeah, it never reaches, or there's a delay. Like I've oh, had messages, delays. yeah, like a week <laughs> later, and that reach someone, and it's it's been a little embarrassing because then they'll message back, you know, me, like it's a week later to me. You know, I and know. I get a message back from someone like, ha ha ha, that was funny. And it's to me, it's like out of the blue. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> what well, <it> was funny? <laughs> In what context are you yeah, referring right. exactly? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so they get lost. Five percent never yeah. reach. I mean, I, I will tell you, people say I just text something to you and it doesn't come. Then they retext it and it does appear. Yeah. The second one. The so the first one, one is in the ether. It just, it's gone. Yeah, it's just uh, out there somewhere. <laughs> okay. So I never gave that any thought. So that that's and that would probably lead uh, to a recommendation of why you don't want to have long texts that get broken up in chunks, right? Because what if one of the chunks yeah. doesn't get there or the order gets scrambled? The order gets that's scrambled. That's happened to me. Yeah. Uh, so that's due to SMS. Okay. Uh, which has a 160 character limit. Okay. So if you're texting a longer conversation, it'll it'll get broken up, and then then the receiver is it is like a puzzle. You have to put I it together. Know. And, I'm aware. <laughs> One of the pitfalls. But uh, if you do have a longer message like that that you want to send you can switch over to uh, MMS and then it keeps it it'll send it all as one message can you set your phone to do that automatically if you go past a certain characters yeah. I, I've never manually um, set between the two of them I don't know that it'll do it automatically but depending on your texting app that you use okay. you can um, set it to always be MMS and that mm-hmm. way you know you're always safe but uh, yeah would you say in general, though, society and definitely the carriers and business, we're moving toward a, and texting might not be exactly the, texting as we know it, a carrier-to-carrier text, but now you have Facebook Messenger, mm-hmm. you have Snapchat, you have, uh, I mean, there's, I can't even pronounce that. I only carry three. I'm sure there's multiple. Oh, my, there's so WhatsApp, many. WhatsApp, right? Yeah, WhatsApp, yeah, there's so, so but that, many. Is that all considered a texting platform? Generally, um, well, it has different names like instant messaging or you know, whatever, but uh, it's all essentially the same thing, you know, okay. it's all like little brief messages, okay? Because you know? I noticed that your book, uh, the, the lessons you're teaching in there, and just making people more aware of how to change their texting that can apply to all those formats. Oh, definitely, yeah, even emails, some of the pitfalls, email can mm-hmm. be susceptible to some of them because uh, it's still electronic communication. So, um, yeah, any electronic communication, hmm. really, it's helpful. What's your biggest pet peeve with texting? Oh, this is fun. <laughs> because, so, because something had to really drive you to do this book. Um, gosh, my biggest pet peeve, uh, it might be the acronyms, honestly. <laughs> like, okay. Because uh, there's so many misinterpretations. Like, um, I had someone message me earlier this year 
your Pittsburgh girl through to the QF. QF. Yeah, and I was like, QF? What? <laughs> <laughs> so, I, of course, I go to the end all and be all uh, Urban Dictionary. Urban Dictionary. Yeah. Solves and, the world's problems there. Yeah, it... Uh, it had two two meanings for QF. Neither, I don't think I can say. Oh, uh, we can say anything on air. Yeah, we're. Okay, the first one, um, gosh, what was the first one? Oh, a quick fuck. Okay. Which didn't apply in didn't that apply. context. Yeah. yeah. Or the second one was queef fart. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, all right. I don't think that was either. Yeah, that, that didn't apply. So I messaged back and I like screenshot it and I was like, hey. Uh, not sure what you mean by QF. <laughs> <laughs> Did they give you an explanation? No, I don't know if I offended them by sending that screenshot. Oh but my I gosh. Yeah, so I don't, <laughs> to this day, I still don't know. <laughs> <what> I, mean. <laughs> I am a We're not regulated. Girl. We can say whatever Straight we want through here. To this the QF. Is, that's, yeah, well, I had to have AF determined. explained to me a couple years ago. Oh, okay. I yeah. didn't know AF, what that meant. You, you know what else? Um, FML. Wait, did it? FML. Yeah. So. What is that? That so well. Let me tell you in a second okay. because uh, you know some coworkers were messaging that to me, and I was like, "FML." So again, and this was maybe like four or five years ago. Okay. And I went to Urban Dictionary, and uh, the top definition was "fix my lighthouse," and I was like, "Oh, I didn't, I didn't know you had a lighthouse." <laughs> so he, you know, we messaged back and put "FML," and I'm like. Yeah, and you really should call repairman. <laughs> I don't really, I don't know. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that's still a joke between us. But FML, uh, at least in that, uh, by my coworker meant fuck my life because <laughs> okay. apparently he did not like his job very much. But uh, so Man, he was so out of it. Like, yeah, I know OMG. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's a good one. Yeah, <laughs> or OMFG. Yeah, or O something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's uh, yeah, I was like. And then I was seeing FML in other places. I'm like, why is everyone so concerned about lighthouses? <laughs> and I think to this day, if you go to Urban Dictionary, it has to be a joke, right? No, no Urban it's a real thing. Really? It's a real, yeah. If you go to Ur Urban Dictionary, but is that slang today? for something else that we just, you and I just don't yeah, know? <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like old slang or something. Okay, I think, and but it's in there. So. Well, there was one the, a couple of years ago. There was one acronym that was very long, W Y, and it just went on. And I was seeing this everywhere. I was seeing people put it in their Facebook posts, and I it'll come to me, I'm sure. But it was just like I, I'm so out of it. If I don't know yeah. these acronyms, how do you even communicate? Yeah, you know, I just yeah. go to my kids and ask, "What does this mean?" <laughs> my kids were like, "I don't know if I want to tell you that, Dad." <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I go, great. That's exactly what I want to hear. So you think the acronyms are your biggest pet peeve? That's because yeah, obviously it's misinterpretation them. then, right? Yeah, misinterpretation. And then also I think, you know, when people use texting when they should be calling to like, you know, for for sensitive conversations or delicate conversations and you get like a, a text message and you're like, WTF? Exactly right. But do any, does anybody even make phone calls anymore? I have to even yeah. bring that up. No, because... I I ask people to you know I'm like if if a conversation if a texting conversation is going on and it looks like it's not going to wrap up after a few messages, <laughs> we like that happens. I just I'll I'll pick up the phone and call them because it's faster it's easier it's better communication it's um so i encourage everyone really like pick up the phone yeah pick up the phone after a few messages back and forth 
you know, because it takes time to like read and, you know, just have a five minute conversation. Hmm. You're going to get so much more done in your day. <laughs> I don't know how many sub 20 year olds you've been around last year or two or three, but I can assure you that I don't think they any of them answer their, their they don't think they answer their phone, like in terms yeah. of the phone call. You Which, know. Yeah, that's a huge. So actually, that's, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know if that's we as society or the technology or, you know, a message to the parents out there. But um, recent studies have shown that um, young adults and children under the age of, I think it was 24, mm-hmm. reported feeling very lonely most of the time. Okay, and that, that and that's strictly because of the impersonal nature of their phone I, interaction. I think it's would you a guess? Huge interact. Yeah, I think that's a huge uh, mm-hmm. reason. You know, because they're, you know, they, they were raised with it. That, that's like their main form of communication, and they're not getting that. Um, you know, just that person to person connection. We've all heard of stories, and I've actually witnessed it on a few occasions uh, watching my children grow up when it was a. Um, it didn't make me angry or cross, but it really made me a little sad where they would be in a group of other, they'd all be sitting around. TV be blasting or music would be on. And they're sitting in couches or on the floor or whatever, and they're all texting each other, but no one's actually speaking. And it sounds comical. It's not comical. It's yeah. really a thing. It's common. It's not, Yeah. Not com- yeah. And so I think that's one of the things like we as as hopefully you know viable adults <laughs> how do <laughs> we're we just as guilty yeah <laughs> how do we do that because too you know mm-hmm. going out to restaurants you see people on dates or you know married couples or what and they're just sitting there on their phones and they're not interacting with each other so um actually on the textbook uh instagram page on fridays i have a feel good friday tip for everyone out there and the one a couple of weeks ago was, you know, make meal times a phone mm-hmm. phone free zone. Mm-hmm. So because you need, you know, we need each other. We need that uh, interaction and connection with people. Mm-hmm. It's so prevalent now, though. It, it's um, and it's not a new phenomenon. I think that society we've been watching this happen for five, six, seven years now. Whether it's you travel yeah. a lot airports, you see it all the time. Um, I do a lot of uh, formal closings in real estate. So you, so for those who are not familiar with that is, the buyer and the seller meet at the very end of the transaction in a room. But as I've watched the last couple of years, there's just more and more agents on their phone. Hmm. Agents detune, they go in the little cocoon. And meanwhile, you know, we I feel as a realtor, we have that obligation to really be engaged with our client at all times, well, yeah. especially when they're giving us the honor of being in their presence and choosing to use us. So it really... And hey, I'm I'm guilty as well too. I just find it uh, in business at times a little unsettling that we are just so quick to grab that device in some of the most inopportune times. Yeah, and and I love what you just said about the honor of their presence. Like if you're on your phone, and granted there are times where there's a, a, you know exceptions, but um, when you're with someone and they they give you the honor of their presence, you know. I'm huge for like being with that person, like being in the moment, being there and present. Yeah. Being present. Yeah. And it's just uh, so important. And even when, uh, if I'm out with people and, 
you know, we might do a quick phone check here or there, but if someone's on their phone for a while, like, hey, is everything okay over there? Because, like, you're, we're here at dinner, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, so it's... Uh, Do you see that out I in call LA? It out. Do you see in California as much as you see when you're here? Or is, it, um, is there any difference there? Yeah, no, it's universal. <laughs> is it? But I do. So, yeah, I have, the, the, like, I, you know, I text. I text a lot. But uh, if I'm with someone else, I put the phone away because mm-hmm. I, you know, they have, you know, given me the honor of their presence. I love that. And uh, I don't want to disrespect their time and, and their person and, mm-hmm. you know. And it's, um, this show is flying in the face of everything that we're led to believe about modern communication. And this is relaxed, no technology, long form conversation, discussion, mm-hmm. exchange oh, wait, of ideas, wait the whole a thing. Second. I just got to. Check my phone real quick. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't be the first who's done that on this show. I want to. I want to let you know. <laughs> but that's. But, but it really. And I look forward to it because, um, I don't know. Do you ever feel as if in your life uh, that there's something really lost? compared to when you were younger with friends with because I do and it all comes comes back to communication with me that, um, more more and more <laughs> I repeat myself and I say the same thing at least two or three times to make sure and and know you know if someone's on their phone they're oh, no no I'm, li- I'm listening and you know I don't know. And I'm like, are you really listening? You know, I don't know. But uh, so I I actually stop talking and then wait for them to finish whatever they're doing Mm -hmm. because I want the full attention. Maybe Mm -hmm. I'm just needy. No, I think it's I think it's something that we all we all need. We just we don't get it anymore. Yeah. And, I, and I think back into my life in prior years and how exciting technology. My first computer, the first we mentioned the BlackBerry, the first time I had email in my waist. How cool was that, right? Yeah. But there still was that circumstance where I knew the next time I could get online and check my stat, my status, my online status, basically my email, mm-hmm. that's when I would respond. That's a huge thing right now, and I am seeing a trend uh, on the West Coast, actually, where people are like becoming more technology-free okay. and putting on the do not disturb and putting their phones away. Because I think, you know, you hear that, that ding from your phone and mm. you feel like you need to respond right then you don't you uh-huh. know leave your phone there uh-huh. you get get to it in an hour and just yeah. enjoy what you're doing in that moment you know like have those breaks because we need to respond right, to people right, right, but right. unless if it, there's an emergency situation going on you know i don't know how important is is anyone <laughs> well no it's, it's a good it's a good point i think we somehow have called we have um conditioned ourselves to believe that the world needs to work in a state of immediacy yeah and it doesn't doesn't. it It totally doesn't doesn't. it's fine if and i'm you know i'm one of those people like if you send me a text or an email if i'm free i'll respond to it right away so i it's like i either get back to people in five minutes or five business days Mm -hmm. because it's like there's no yeah yeah, it's just uh you know because i swipe it away and then sometimes if i'm busy i swipe it and then right i forget about it and then i'll see it a couple days later like oh yeah i need to get back to so and so Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. so um you know, maybe that's the other extreme. But yeah, we don't need to be uh, slaves to our phone. 
mm-hmm. and to that ding and you hear the ding and you know so I shut all my alerts off. I did that about a year or two ago. I don't I even I think have that's my phone. Smart. Well, it, it hurts me in some regard. I have my phone ringer off, which I know drives some of my, my business contemporaries insane. I shouldn't do that, but I'm so tired of the device um, breaking my concentration. And mm-hmm. as I get older, you know, we, we, we guard our concentration. We do. I want to, you know, we worry about that. Yeah. So I try to not interrupt that by having it off and it it serves me well but the problem is Liz I know that every like 15 minutes 10 minutes 20 I have to go look and see if there are any alerts there so have I I made my life a little more comfortable I think but still I'm conditioned to know that I need to go check that and it's an occupational hazard with what I do for a living I guess but man I wish life wasn't that way yeah you know there are some occupations probably much you know with yours where you know being on the phone or checking the phone, but even checking every 15 minutes, you know. Mm. That's better than every two minutes. Yeah, it's better than every two minutes. (laughs) You're right. You're right. Um, But back to the book, though, I think it's a good segue, too. You, is the goal, is part of the goal of this book to make the text originator, the text sender, more mindful of what they're putting out there at the beginning it seems like you the emphasis yeah. that I read was you want to get it right from the beginning uh, of, of the thread of definitely, the conversation. Definitely, yeah. With uh, When you're sending a message, like the role of three, if there's more than three topics, you know, how to right. how to text that in the best way. Mm-hmm. Or um, the, one, the one chapter that I love, I think it's chapter seven, is about improving the subtext of your text mm-hmm. and diving kind of into the true intentions of what you're trying to say and how to say... Even even sticky situations, how to say that in a in a way that's going to have a positive impact. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, improving the subtext of your text from the get go, and um, you know how to avoid the pitfalls and and a lot of the information is also good for receivers. When, you know, mm-hmm. just to be mindful of and aware of. But um, yeah, when you're sending text, it's definitely that is one of the main goals. You there's a, a part of um, the book too that talked um, a little bit about open ended questions as opposed to closed ended questions to encourage mm-hmm. conversation, mm-hmm. Um, which I think is so misused. And I think I don't think anybody intentionally misused. I don't think that we're aware that by asking the right question or responding with the right kind of answer, you are encouraging this kind of response. That's a case in point. Yeah. Let's just say you were trying to close a conversation down for expediency. You have things to do. If you respond the wrong way, I mean, there's two nice, polite ways to respond, as you show in the book. If you respond yeah. the wrong way, all you're doing is encouraging more conversation. There's got to be yeah. a way to shut it down politely, right? Politely, yeah. Um, the tail end of the book, the uh, quips and scripts, uh-huh. there's um, numerous ways of how to you know, politely close a conversation. Right. And uh, numerous ways of how to say no, but still sound friendly mm-hmm. <laughs> via mm-hmm. text. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I try to give examples to people of kind of the the harder things that we have to express, those tougher tougher right. feelings or emotions, like you know how how to say I'm sorry, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and just give examples of of ways to, to do that via texting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's still no substitute though to for a conversation, it, it, from my limited viewpoint. I completely agree. 
yeah like in those so in those circumstances like i'm sorry or you know whatever to send that like right away as a buffer but then mm -hmm. maybe you know call half hour mm -hmm. later like you know send send that first initial response and then reach out so Here's a personal share, but I, I will do it because I want to hear your, your thought on the matter. Okay. Uh, as a middle-aged person a decade ago when I was in the dating world, which is a whole other show that could go on for oh, in, yeah. in laughter and a perpetuity, right? But, dating, texting and dating. <laughs> oh, my so, word. <laughs> so being a middle-aged person or a, young, a younger middle-aged person on that, on that little scale there, it infuriated me that texting was becoming a thing and that I was having... Conversate conversations mm -hmm. with potential dates and, and dates, and sometimes that was just good enough for the other person because yeah. it wasn't good enough for me, and it still would not be good enough for me today uh, if my circumstance was. I, I just don't understand how you conduct uh, an intimate, uh, long-term relationship with anyone in any capacity via texting. Via texting, but but again. Yeah. That is a thing today. It is a thing. And it just drove me insane. And I, you know, uh, I'm glad it didn't go, I need, <laughs> didn't need to go on much longer, but but do you have any, does that strike a chord with you? Are you, are you familiar with any frustrations there yeah. at all? Yeah, oh my, yeah. We could have a whole separate show, like you said, okay. on uh, texting in the dating world. But um, yeah, there's whole relationships. I think um, I heard a story a month or so ago there was a couple that dated for a year, but they never actually saw each other. It was just all via texting. How's that possible? I don't know. And that's, that's considered to me, to be, that's not that's, dating. And that's, yeah, that's like, that, that'd be a different word, whatever that is. Yeah, yeah, maybe we need a new word for that. Well, there's so much loss but, in translation. That, yeah. and that's the essence of, of your book is to try to, and I will tell you, so let's stay on the dating thing for a second. Would you not agree there's probably so much unnecessary fighting uh inner and quarrels and stress and uneasiness in relationships because oh yes. things that should be communicated verbally verbally or yeah. in person yeah are done through a medium such as texting a hundred percent there's so much misinterpretation because um so and we talked about this briefly uh before the show but um we as as humankind mm -hmm. <laughs> over centuries have developed communication skills and they go a lot with like as i'm moving my hands and uh the tonality of my voice and facial expressions and 93 percent. there was a study at ucla 93 percent of the way humans interact and communicate is nonverbal, mm. so it's it's all those things the facial the, yeah and only seven percent is the words so mm. in texting that's all stripped away you only have that seven percent so the person who is receiving the text they're getting that seven percent and then they interpret that however they're feeling that day mm -hmm. and you as the sender have no context of what's going on in their world is there are they completely distracted is there a dog barking is there a kid crying are they driving like are they they had just had a flat tire and they're just having an awful day and you send a message that you mean to be like just like hey you know whatever and they they take all that emotion that they're already having that day and that you know whatever's going on in their world 
that's what they're putting into that text message mm -hmm. that they read. Mm -hmm. So um, especially texting and dating. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, I don't know, you know, how that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 <laughs> that, that's my official well, uh, not, thought let's, let's it. Not even, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's not even talk just dating, being married, having any long-term yeah. or, or long-term committed relationship. If you... <sighs> I don't have to lecture the audience. Everyone <laughs> listening and watching this show knows yeah, already. We've they all know. experienced it. They know, and we but we keep doing it to ourselves. Yeah. And I, the one wish I have for my children, which you know I've said this multiple times to both of them, both still teenagers on the end of that run, that it's going to be hard to maintain real relationships in this world if they're not real relationships. Yeah, yeah. It all comes back to that base level connection that you know we as a society it seems to be you know diminishing mm -hmm. and for texting, expediency you think um you know i i don't know if it's expediency or what the root causes but texting is definitely contributing to it mm -hmm. and um yeah man just to bring back some connection mm -hmm. into that world when I was in sales. Um, there was a misconception about me that I was I was fearless. I could just go talk to anybody. You know, I don't know why that people around you me seem thought that. Fearless. I'm not. You look. You look just like a I'm lion. Not, uh, like... <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I am not. Um, and when when email came, it was really. I remember myself going, "Wow, this is great." If I really don't want to have that awkward conversation with someone, if I don't want to have to go through that uneasiness or even going and seeing them, I can send them my emotional email, yeah. you know, and lay it all out there. That was, a, that was a, a, so basically I was being okay with a barrier being put between me and the other human. Mm -hmm. I was excited about that. And I think that when I go back and I look at then going, uh, doing an online business where people were sending me money and I never spoke with them on the phone, we were just exchanging emails, they were sending me money, I was sending them product, wow. There's yeah. no stress there. I don't have to really communicate with them. You see, I think that I what I observed was a microcosm of where we are today, where mm -hmm. this form of communication has removed human interaction and the anxiety or the anxiousness in some people mm -hmm. that goes along with that. Is that a fair assumption, do you think? A hundred percent. Yeah, totally. It, it's... Um... You know, it's one of those things, texting, um, and it's, I think it's the seventh pitfall that I list in the mm -hmm. book, is just that we're naturally detached mm -hmm. when we use our phone for communication. Because you're you're just interacting with this little gadget. You mm -hmm. don't see the look in the other person's right. eyes or, like, right. how they're receiving that information. So there's there's a natural detachment there. See, so we're, the investment in the conversation is not necessary. Yeah. Where every conversation we've had prior, when there was a real analog phone in your home <laughs> that you'd pick up and call somebody, or I guess you could send them a letter, but yeah. we didn't do that because there was a latency issue of time. But you're not really invested in a conversation. You're not really invested in a relationship. And relationship's a funny word. People think that texting is a, is a I guess you have a texting relationship for business or a texting, I guess a communication can be considered I guess kind of a relationship with somebody. It can be. It, well, just context. like anything else, you know, it's a skill. Communication is a skill. Mm -hmm. 
um, being in a healthy relationship, but they're, they're like skills and there's boundaries and there's all these things. So when we're not communicating effectively and not, you know, communicating as much and getting more and more detached, we're starting to lose those skills. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's like, you know, I feel like the textbook could be used in high schools, in colleges. It's an excellent, excellent book. And, 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 um, in that book too, you have, a, um, I don't know if you call it a quiz or a survey. Oh, the uh, personality. personality. Texting personality. personality. Yes. Yes. That, it, do that. For those who acquire the book, and you should acquire the book. Yeah. That uh, that was an eye-opener for me. I already kind of knew. I did Myers-Briggs and all that stuff. So I, oh, I kind of okay, yeah. knew where I stood there. But it does affect the way you communicate. Oh, 100%. Yeah. With, uh, cause our personality that, you know, that affects everything that we do. Right. So of course it's going to translate mm -hmm. into how we're texting. And, um, yeah. So in the book, the four texting personalities, people right. can take the quiz mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, it tells you your texting personality and traits and are you prone to send emojis or not emojis? Are you prone to talk about feelings over text or not? Like in how to communicate better with the other personalities. Cause I okay. think, um, once you read that chapter or once people read the chapter, they can kind of assess who in their life might be like, which personality. I did that immediately. Yeah. yeah it's, it's kind of fun. Yeah. But I think once you identify them, it, it it really is good to have that in your mind because that you can, I think, adjust your response back in a way that you know it'll be even slightly sometimes better received. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. because they're you're speaking their language more. Yeah, there's no question, and, and that's I think again that it comes down to that communication thing. I read a book by Anthony Robbins in the '80s. I guess it was his first book. Whether you like Anthony or not, it's really irrelevant. But that first book, I think it was called Unlimited Power or something. And I don't know if I got a lot out of that book, but there was one thing about modeling, which was, was when you would go interview or mm -hmm. you'd go for a sales presentation or you'd sit uh, and, and meet with someone you didn't know, you would kind of model their behavior. And okay, I found yeah. that it worked incredibly well, almost like magic. If they were leaning in, you'd lean in. If they had a very laid back style of speaking, then you adjust your style. And then I yeah. got to the habit of doing that, Liz, and it was wonderful because in most instances, as long as you weren't like deliberate about it and they'd pick that up, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but it worked. Uh, it, that works. I read a similar book in, uh, for relationships, like okay. dating and, and marriage, where if you're trying to get to know someone better, you, um, and I think it, this book suggested, and this was by, oh gosh. I'll remember the author's That's name, okay. but um, he he was saying that we sometimes will naturally do this with people that we like is that, yeah, we model their, their be like, yeah, lean right. in or right. if they're sitting, you know, with their hand mm -hmm. on their chin or mm -hmm. whatever, you start to kind of mirror some of that, uh, you know. But, but my overall point was, isn't that real communication? Isn't that real interaction? And I, and I, don't know if um, the generations coming up are going to get to experience that, which I know it, it sounds far fetched, but it really kind of isn't. They, you know, he, yeah, I think they they will they'll they'll experience it because you know you can't be on your phone all the time. <laughs> no, <laughs> you have I know. to go out into the world. I know, I know. Sorry, kids, you're gonna <laughs> have to do it. <laughs> but um, yeah, so they'll get to experience that. And um, 
one of my uh, friends recently told me a little, mm -hmm. speaking of, of this, when you're with someone on a date. Okay. Or, you know, hopefully your spouse. Mm -hmm. if, if that person likes you, their feet will point towards you. Interesting. Yeah. See, yeah, so there's a tell. There's a, yeah, so there's, there's a, tell. a tell. So even people who try not to, like, you know, do the other tells, that they forget about their feet. So I don't know if I'm, right. I'm giving that away. Now people will be mindful of where their feet are pointing. But Interesting. <laughs> but, but even all of this, though, is, a, I think, a, sp a special part of the human condition, this inner connectivity, this... Um, uh, it, it goes beyond physical intimacy and relationship. It's really the the verbal thing. It's it's the whole in touch with each other. And I think a lot of that, which is remedial stuff, we grew up in a world where that was the way the world operated, yeah, right? It's just how it was. And it's just over like a 25-year period, slowly, maybe not slowly, it's just kind of changed. And that's where I think the book's amazing because it's saying, hey, wait, this is the way it is. You understand texting's not going anywhere. and yeah. Or that texting platform the mode of communication is going anywhere. But if you're going to use that as a significant part of your life, then really start paying attention in the way that you do it. Yeah. Yeah. hundred. Yeah. People need to uh, do that. I keep saying a hundred percent. I'm not a math person. What is going on here? <laughs> but no, it's, yeah, we, we all can be more, uh, I think mindful of how we're texting it and do it just better. Yeah. You know, communicate better via texting. <laughs> so so to make a little bit of left turn, you are a Pittsburgh yes. resident. Or right turn. My left is your right. Two rights, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you are a Pittsburgh resident. Yes. And you have uh you, you went to California in two thousand and eleven, correct? Correct. And she didn't come back, so she must no. like it out there. I the, do. the weather yeah. the weather's more nice uh, on you, I can see. You yeah, like I it. like to I like to ski, uh, <laughs> but I like snow on my terms. So I'll like go up to Tahoe for the weekend or right, Mammoth right. and then I have my like three, four days of skiing and mm -hmm. snow and you know, bundled up in my hot cocoa and then <laughs> go back to the beach. But you were you you were always um and I've known Liz for uh, a decade now. I haven't seen her in quite a while. Um, that's why I was so delighted to see the success of the book. And you were coming thank home. You. And thank you for coming yeah. in today. Yeah, Time this worked is great. out good. Yeah, it really did. Okay. Um, she's that rare kind of person you meet where she's got that analytical mind as, as it is witnessed <laughs> with this. And I'm going to read this exactly as it's written because uh, – uh, she graduated cum laude. Is it cum laude or cum laude? I don't hmm. know, because I'm the furthest thing from it. <laughs> from the University of Pittsburgh in 2002, in computer science, but yes. you also in professional writing. Doesn't that require both left and right brain working in cohesion? <laughs> yeah, well, it was, it was kind of funny because I was a writing major, uh -huh. and then I was looking around and seeing all the English grads and writing majors, and, and they're working at uh, as servers. And I'm like... I think I need, you know, I need uh -huh. something a little more. And I was working on a term paper on a computer and I looked at it and I was like, well, these will be around for a while. <laughs> so uh -huh. that's literally when I started taking uh, the computer science courses. And I was like, yeah, well, I'm going to do this until my writing takes off. Mm -hmm. So and it took a while, but. <laughs> and, it, and it did. And it did. And then uh, you moved to California and I. I had lost touch with you for a couple of years, and I just couldn't believe the, the body of work you were working with. And then doing all the skiing, I did see all the skiing, all the social media <laughs> skiing pictures. Yeah, I did see. I did see all that. <laughs> I'm a little it's jealous fun. in that regard. 
But um, talk a little bit about when you, when you went to California. Was, was there any adjustment for you, or you just if you fit in immediately, you thought, hey, this is kind of where I need to be? Yeah, you know, it's kind of funny because even when I lived here uh, before moving, and people would meet me, and then they'll say, where are you from, California? <laughs> uh-huh. say, well, no, but maybe I should be. <laughs> so I feel like um, for me, personality-wise and being in the creative in- endeavors mm-hmm. and, and those kind of things, like I fit in really well in that regard. Mm-hmm. It was still a pretty big adjustment, and it's still every time I get on the 405 to drive. <laughs> I'm like, so oh. you don't envy the traffic. Not no. that our traffic's great here, but we have – what two and three lane highways now? L.A. It's just absolutely yeah, I think insane, right? It's uh, 405. I think is 12 to 14 lanes. I oh, think yeah. at its yeah. And if you take someone from Pittsburgh who's never been out there and you put them on that highway for the first oh, time, yeah, especially the driving seems way more narrow. <laughs> like I don't know, like I, I constantly look are. left and right. Yeah, because they're trying to squeeze everyone on there. <laughs> well. Talk a little bit about your uh, your film endeavors out there because it's pretty impressive. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's um, you know, one one thing I think that I've come to realize in any industry, mm-hmm. a lot of it is kind of comes down to who you know and networking and and so when I first went out there, I just tried to do a bunch of, you know, whatever I could on any film set and um, the I, I talk about this in the uh, Voyage LA article the three mm-hmm. my three things for <laughs> my three tips for success is you know follow your passion and work hard at it number one mm-hmm. number two be kind because you know uh on any film set like even a-listers will get fired uh and if you're kind and you're working hard people will want to ask you back so i don't know if if uh is just my kindness and they know well she doesn't know what she's doing but she'll work hard at it (laughs) (laughs) um yeah and then the third you know follow your passion and be you i think that's uh you know three keys for success by liz rossi (laughs) there you go see coin that's a new book yeah that's a new book well besides uh besides obviously the weather um and this I've had multiple folks on that have moved to LA and come back. Frank Mergy, uh, just a bunch of folks, great folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bobby Walden, they talk about uh, lifestyle. It's just you, you really can't. You can visit and be aware of it, but once you live there, it's an it was an adjustment for them. Mm-hmm. Um, some some of the pace, some of the way things are done. Um, did did you find any any difficulties and adjustments at all? Yeah, you know, I think it's um, it is important. It's you know, a bigger city, so there's so many amazing things to do. Okay. Like all the different activities and right. different places to go and eat and things mm-hmm. to go and see. And so you really um, do have to put some boundaries there. Like probably on any given day, there's at least two or three extremely fun sounding things that okay. you could go and do with okay. with friends or family or whoever. So I... For me, like I make sure to have at least a couple nights a week, two or three nights a week, where I'm just at home vegging on the okay. couch, like a date. I have a date with my dog on the couch, <laughs> and we're watching whatever movie. Right. Because, like you know, I I need that kind of balance in my life. So for mm-hmm. some people, that might be five nights a week. For some people, it might it. be one night a week. But yeah, there's a you know. There's so much to do out there, and yeah. it's all—it all sounds fun to me. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, I get out and do as much as possible. 
Uh, talk about a little bit about the movie because this certainly was on my profile. Was the Roberto Clemente film? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk so, about, about the creation of that and, and how that came about. Yeah. So uh, my brother Rich, who mm-hmm. he was, you know, the pioneer. Uh, he moved right. out there first um, in the mid '90s, and uh, he's always loved Roberto. He's a huge fan. Right. He has Roberto stuff like all over the place. <laughs> um, so. He's he, a good one to have, though, if you're going to decorate your, uh, your yeah, space, right? Yeah. So he uh, wanted to do kind of this um, biopic film on Roberto. Right. And, and, you know, I was, I think that's, I was fairly new out there, maybe in the first couple of years. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about it. And, and I had started to get into some uh, production, like producing films. Right, right. And um, I think by then I was, the first uh, assistant director on a feature. So I had a little bit of experience under my belt. And so um, we we worked together on that. Like he, he did the bulk of it, but he, uh, you know, let me kind of come on to the projects and have my input and mm-hmm. help out, and, you know, with uh, with the talents that I could bring to it. So it was, it wound up, um, I think it it's uh, Baseball's Greatest Hero. Right, right. Yeah. And, what uh, change so, in the names? It's just how Hollywood works. You know, there's, a, there's probably a treatment, then the names change a couple of oh, times until so, it's done. Yeah, it changes. Oh my gosh, <laughs> the change. <laughs> Is that a can of worms for from, you? There? Yeah, oh yeah. From the from the start of a script <laughs> until the end of you know when it's on screen right, is right. two completely different. <laughs> really? <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it can be. So uh, unless if you know if you're the director and the writer, I think you know. So w- we've been seeing more of that. I okay. Think, um, in the last I don't know decade or so, All where right. directors want to, you know, make their own films that they've written, and mm-hmm. I think a lot of it comes down to they want to keep the kind of the integrity of the project intact. Oh, absolutely and, right. Yeah, because uh, you know you send some scripts in. And they're like, well, we really love your work, Liz. We we love this script. We just want to add this character here and put what's on page five on page seventy three, and then we want to flip flop these five scenes with these five. And you're you just, you're like, uh, okay, okay. <laughs> so so that's gotta be a conundrum. Yes, that is. How a, do you handle that, for that? Generally, or is it case um, by case? It is case by case. I think, you know, I handle it much better now. <laughs> but, okay. like, yeah. but, you know, because being a new writer, like, this is, you know, this is your work. It's right. your masterpiece. Right. And he, these people are coming in. And it's part just, of you. Yeah, they're not appreciating. But, you know, then you come to realize the more minds sometimes that contribute to a project, you know, there's just more that adds to it. And working together in that collaboration process, I think, can be... Sounds like um, a big excuse to convince yourself. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I'm still working on it. (laughs) Yeah, so... I I get it in premise. I mean, obviously, uh, there's two ways to look at it, right? If if you really think you have a masterpiece, it doesn't matter if it's the most accomplished directors and producers and writers imaginable, you're not letting me touch that, Right. You don't want anybody to touch that. Yeah, you that. don't. Yeah, you you kind of don't. But were you um, ever surprised that, that you you took the suggestion or you took the direction? And you go, wow, that kind of works. Yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely happened, and it's uh, it's happened the other way too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure of that. <laughs> yeah. So but, yeah, uh, talk about All Saints Eve because that was the one that put you on the red carpet, right? 
Yeah. Um, Is that correct? That, yeah, there's been a few. Okay. There's been a few. But, um, yeah, All Saints Eve, oh, my goodness. So I wrote that uh, actually when I was married. So it's it's a horror film. <laughs> <laughs> Currently divorced. Wait, so give me a time. <laughs> yeah. oh, no, no, let's 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 really figure this yeah. one out. So for a time frame, when did you write that? Um, so that I think I started writing that around two thousand three and two thousand four. Okay. Uh, no, no, yeah, two thousand four, I think. But um, you know, so <laughs> I, actually, I was here, so I was still here in Pittsburgh, right, right. and uh, you know, there was there was I had my group, my group of friends, um, whom I love. I st- you know, I see them. Uh, still see them when I come out and uh, but it was Halloween and uh, for whatever reason our one friend was all about limos so we ended up taking a limo <laughs> to this haunted house and then we're okay. waiting in line you know of course to to get in and there's those masked characters coming up behind people with like scaring them with you know fake knife or whatever the chainsaw you know and I was like what's to stop someone like some psycho from putting on a mask and like going to the house and snatching people inside the house and I'm so glad it's after Halloween because I hate to put that fear in people now <laughs> but you know I'm like that could that's like a real thing that could happen and I think you know hopefully All Saints Eve didn't contribute to this but I think it actually did happen uh, two years ago someone mm. there was someone who you know whatever they put on a mask and they uh, went into a haunted house and you know they weren't acting wow. so yeah it's um so I had that idea for the film and uh, for the screenplay and then I wrote that 2004 and then um, my brother rich he he was like yeah yeah that's a great concept da, 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 da. you're in the perfect place to, to film it in uh, Pennsylvania he said why don't you know you should try to like self you know, produce right, and right, self, right, right, right. which I I had no clue what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> so like, that was that was a little bit of a train wreck, but a lot of good life lessons. And then, yeah. for whatever reason, it got some media attention back then when I was producing mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. and um, it attracted the attention of some uh, executive producers, who then later, uh, you know, there was a lot of back and forth, a lot of emails. <laughs> back and forth for a few years I think until they they bought the script um right after I moved to California so I think it was 2011 or 2012 they mm-hmm. so five years later of emails back and forth like you know Sometimes hey it takes that long yeah huh? <laughs> like what's going on do you still like this script um and then yeah so that came out when in like 2015 maybe, I somewhere around there maybe yeah, 13, I don't know, somewhere around there. Oh, if you don't remember, how am I remember? <laughs> I'm reading your words. <laughs> uh, so what, what's, um, obviously, I will get to Pittsburgh in a second here, but what's on the horizon for you? What, what What's the next writing project, or can't you divulge that yet? Well, you know, I have a couple um, really amazing projects that I'm working on. I'm so excited about okay. um, uh, writing an animated feature film. Okay that I'm uh, finishing up and you know hopefully that'll that'll get out there soon Um, so I'm super stoked for that and then I'm looking at ideas for a second book and then um, I think the third thing that's kind of capturing my attention right now is uh, is actually more in the music side of things Uh, because a couple years ago I was on a 
on set and um i don't know how how it came out or but someone was like we need three minutes of music for this scene and i was like I got it. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> no one really knew that I played or that I come mm-hmm. from a musical family uh, up until that point. But uh, they were like, oh, okay. You know, so I came back and I had, a, you know, mm-hmm. a few minutes of music for the for the score. And they were like, hey, yeah, that kind of worked. So then since then, I've done a couple uh, little film scores. Okay. And, um, and then most recently... I'll uh, throw a plug out there for a show called Who's the Best, Okay, which um, just aired its first episode, pilot episode aired uh, last week. All right. And I did the theme song for it. So, yeah, yeah. really amazing. How about that? Good for you. Yeah, thank you. So, uh, super excited for that. And, you know, music, I was, for me, like, music is like breathing air. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, it's just such a part of who I am and how I was raised. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think, you know, to be able to use some of that, um, you know, and hopefully influence projects and help. Right. Uh, and it's also pretty cool because there's not as much editing <laughs> there is with the scripts. Like they come back and they might say, you know, can we can we make it a little more, uh, yeah. you know, comical or more fun, or mm-hmm. or can we add some more action sounds to it, or we want more of a sci-fi or or whatever? But there's they're, they're not like we want to move measures eight through twelve to the end and da da da, you know. So I feel like it's a little bit more of me getting out there. Sure. Which, uh, yeah. Do, do you find it cool. easier when you're writing screenplays, uh, writing writing films? That because of your music background, uh, it's it's easier. You can hear the score in your head, or you have an idea of what you want the score to sound like. How how much input yeah. do you have on the score? Um, well, if if I've been asked to do the score, mm-hmm. <laughs> then a lot. Okay, I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> but um, have you ever pushed back on a score? Mm, well, you know, I would if I if I really felt strongly like we should not have that bass drum in there. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I would definitely raise my uh, opinions. Okay, but Fair um, yeah, I, I I don't think I've ever had to do that. Okay. So, which is pretty cool. Yeah, oh, knock on wood. Yeah. <laughs> now that I say that. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's been really neat, and uh, I feel like since my dad has passed and my mm-hmm. brother pete has passed mm-hmm. i think you know it feels like a really cool way to help carry on their legacy sure absolutely yeah. absolutely and you're home for the holiday yes we, we don't date the shows but it's roughly around thanksgiving here <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what do you love about pittsburgh what do you miss about pittsburgh uh permanis. not a damn thing permani <laughs> <laughs> sandwiches i can see that they, yeah oh my goodness and of course my friends and family i should have said them first <laughs> <laughs> permani ships yeah. Sandwich. oh yeah the people my loved yeah, ones yeah, Permanis, you, know, you can Permanis. send the check to the Eric McKenna project and I if you, I got wall space would you would like to sponsor the show yeah. kidding um but yeah there's a lot of uh great things that I miss about Pittsburgh um definitely you know there's there's definitely a more of a uh just the culture of people here being um you know like I it's funny and I might get in trouble Oh, we we definitely want to hear this. (laughs) But I know, like, if I make plans with someone from the from Pittsburgh, 
Okay. And it can be plans for a month from now. Okay. Two o'clock on Saturday, whatever. Like we're gonna go to lunch, and maybe I don't talk to that person for until that day. I know that that is still happening. Two o'clock at whatever restaurant we're gonna meet. You're for sitting lunch. here. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> there might, uh, maybe there must be a storm outside. Trouble. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty windy. I think. Yeah, that might be it. But um, yeah, so I know that 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 plan is gonna happen in LA. Like a lot of times. I'll make plans with someone for two o'clock, and it might be for lunch tomorrow. Okay. I will still confirm with them that morning. Understood. Yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> yeah, because there's, uh, you know, there's so there's the the pace and the the lifestyle there. There's so many things going on, and I think being in the entertainment industry, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who. Um, so I'm not. It's not all like the people are all flakes or whatever, but there right. is. Uh, you know, people get called in last minute for auditions right, right. and uh, all kinds of things. So it, and for like editing projects, believe mm-hmm. it or not, like I know some editors and they're like, oh, yeah, no, I thought it was done, but they need this. And the de- project deadline is here. So, you know, I really, you know, let's postpone that, postpone that lunch. So, um, yeah, so that's, you know, I, uh, <laughs> so wait, going back to the original question. <laughs> you love the fact that if we say we're going to do something, generally we do it. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah, I like that. Don't you miss the snow? No. No, I like snow on my terms. <laughs> Three day weekend, four day weekend. Yeah. But, uh, do you have another book in, in mind? Yeah, you know, I have um, a few other ideas for other books. Okay. And they're just, they're marinating. You know, they're going on. I find it fascinating. You did a nonfiction book, almost a reference manual, which it doesn't read that way. You did a great job, so it doesn't read that way. Yeah, I tried to make it like lighthearted and comical because no one wants to. Oh, it's very relevant, too. And I I think that, um, I, I think. I think it'll it'll hit any age bracket. It's accessible to any age bracket. I think is fantastic. Thank you. But that's the difference between nonfiction and fiction. So now you've done everything now, right? Well, I don't know about everything. <laughs> <laughs> There's well, still something. That well, I mean, most would you not say most most authors say one stay on one side of the fence or the other? Generally, yeah, yeah generally. And I think um, so. There's been people who have said like, Liz, you really need to pick. Like one genre or right, one right, right. thing, because like then you make a name for yourself in that, right? And then maybe you branch out. But I'm like, no, <laughs> I want to do it all. I want to do it all. <laughs> I do. But um, yeah. So I've done the fiction and now nonfiction and music and books and film and. I know yeah. it's exciting. Yeah, it's crazy. Pittsburgh yeah, I, girl went uh, went west and did exceptionally well. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's you know it's been a lot of fun, but it uh, I tell people it's a lot of hard work too. Uh-huh. There's um, no one uh, knows how many nights go into being an overnight success. Uh, there you go. <laughs> I heard that quote once, and I was like, yeah. I mean, there's there's days, sixteen, eighteen hour days, mm. working like, you know. But it's your dream, end after end. yeah, and yeah, the passion for it. And that's the, and that's the thing. If if it's your passion and dream and your work, it doesn't feel like work, right? Like I feel like I slack off so much. <laughs> <laughs> At <laughs> least don't. she's honest about it. Yeah, I'm actually working, but <laughs> awesome. Yeah, you can come back and see me. 
A hundred, yeah, for sure. hundred percent. See, there awesome. you go. Yeah, yeah for this sure, was fantastic, sure. and uh, yeah. it means yeah, a lot. I, really I, haven't seen, I haven't seen you in so long. This is, yeah. this is good to get yeah, back it's been together. Really good. It's really good. ourselves. Yeah, All I right. mean, the next one we can do on uh, dating. Texting and dating. Texting and dating would be the next one. Maybe we'll do yeah. a round table because I have, I have a, that would be a friend of mine who uh, you would love her. She may really be interested in doing that with us. So. <laughs> yeah, that could be fun. Yeah, you coming back for Christmas? Not this Christmas. Okay. Yeah, since I'm here now and, uh, yeah. That makes sense. I understand. I have ski trips. I know. <laughs> well, I'm going to keep in touch with your schedule. And next time you're back yes. in Pittsburgh, I'd love to get you back. Yeah, that would be wonderful. Awesome. Thank you, Liz. I appreciate it. Thank you, Eric. All right. In the book, the textbook, Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, everywhere, correct? Yeah, everywhere. Uh, and also the-text-book.com. Oh. oh. Yeah, is it thing? The-text-book.com. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a Kindle version, too. Yeah, there's Kindle. And if they have the Kindle library, it's actually free. Really? Yeah. How, how about, about that? that? I know. That's a good gig it's a there. a little bonus. Yeah. So anyone who needs or is buying a new cell phone for people this Christmas, a little companion book. There you go. Yeah. That's a good one. You, you've picked yeah. up marketing, too, I go. see, in the years yeah. you've been out. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, Liz. Thank you. Appreciate Eric. it. See y'all. What'd you think? I, that was fun. Was I it? I had so much fun. Yes. Oh, it was great. Yeah. It was great. I can't thank you enough. Yeah.